Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Please join me for my live weekly coaching calls on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. I share a different coaching tool or strategy every week that you can apply in your life right away. You can also ask questions or just listen in on the call. Go to ldsdivorce.com and sign up today. Hey, y'all. Welcome back for more Gin Juice. Today, I am talking about people-pleasing. Most of the time when we talk about people-pleasing, it's in a negative context, but you may not have even considered it in the way that I'm going to share with you before, but it actually comes naturally for us. We are built to please other people. Humans are social creatures. We're wired to connect with and please other people. It's actually part of our genetic makeup that comes from our evolution. In primitive times, our survival depended on our ability to get along with other people. Remember, our brain is designed to keep us safe and alive. And safety comes from staying in the pack or the herd. So it's really natural for us to want other people to like us. It means that in a survival situation, people might be willing to share their food or shelter with us. If people like us, then we might even be able to mate and procreate, and then the human species will continue to thrive. So you can see that it is a natural tendency for all of us to people please to some degree. Many of us, especially women, grow up feeling conditioned to be concerned about everyone else's experience, doing everything we can to make sure that everyone in our family has what they want and need and are comfortable. And it seems like this is just the essence of being a good Christian woman or man, right? Not thinking of yourself and seeking only to make everyone else happy, often at the expense of our own wants and needs. We try to fit into other people's mold for us and be what other people want us to be. And in today's world, we try to win friends and influence people and gain likes and followers. We're wired to please other people. It's just in our nature. And like so many of our other natural traits, there is good in it. But unsupervised or directed by our higher brain, it can become a deficit. It can become a flaw. And it does not benefit us. Too much people-pleasing is not a good thing. So the goal is to balance our basic need of pleasing others and ultimately having connection with others with honoring ourselves and our own wants and needs and desires. Now, it sounds simple enough, but it's really challenging, as we all know. When we're going through a separation or divorce, this is a time to work on yourself. Figure out what has been going on and what is going on in your world and take steps to grow better. So let's dive a little deeper into people-pleasing. Psychology Today defines people-pleasing as someone who pushes aside their own needs to accommodate the needs of everyone else. 
A people pleaser needs to please others for reasons that may include fear of rejection, insecurity, the need to be light. They fear that if they stop pleasing others, they will be abandoned or uncared for and even unloved. They may fear failure. If they stop pleasing others, then they will disappoint other people, which they believe could lead to punishment and negative consequences. So what are the traits of a people pleaser? They're usually an extremely giving person and they come across as submissive or overly giving of their time and resources. They do this because they need you to need them. Here are some traits that you can look for in your own life to see if you happen to have these characteristics. Accommodates everyone else's needs, undermines their own needs, is too agreeable, rarely says no, feels valuable when complying with other people, values praise from others, apologizes when no apology is necessary, takes the blame even when it's not your fault, makes excuses for the faults of others, and has little self-awareness. Okay, if any of these tendencies sound familiar, pay attention, friends. When people-pleasing goes unchecked, it can go way past our natural desire to please as a way of connecting with others and then becomes motivated by deeper, unhealthy reasons, usually out of fear, fear of rejection or failure. When you're people-pleasing, you look for approval and validation from others, and you constantly seek validation that you matter to the people around you, and you completely ignore your own validation from within yourself. You want to be recognized and accepted by everyone. And basically, if you feel well-liked, you can relax and like yourself. When you're people-pleasing, you're doing it from a place of insecurity. You want to be liked and feel needed and appreciated and useful and only feel this way when other people are pleased with you. You lack the confidence to think independently for yourself. So you may be wondering, how do I know if I'm people-pleasing or just being kind and selfless and giving? People who are genuinely giving and selfless with their time and their efforts have a healthy self-esteem. You know that you are valuable and your life has meaning and you're willing to give what you can of your time and efforts. When you're people-pleasing, you do not have a high self-worth. You absolutely need to please others so that you can fill your own emotional needs. You spend a lot of your time worrying about what other people think about you, and you do not please others out of love or kindness. You do it out of fear. When people-pleasing takes over and is motivated by fear, and comes from self-serving interest, it becomes extremely detrimental and unhealthy. So let's take a look at what people-pleasing might look like in a divorce situation. Sometimes it involves one spouse agreeing to an unfair or unfavorable division of assets or even custody arrangements with their children because they want to avoid conflict or please the other spouse. Here's an example from one of my clients. I have permission to share this story, but I have changed all the names involved. This is a situation that happened with Mary and Shane. They're going through a divorce and they have two children and they needed to divide their property and agree on their visitation and custody arrangement. So in an effort to avoid conflict and make Mary happy, Shane agrees to a custody arrangement where Mary gets primary custody of the children 
even though he knows and believes in his heart that joint custody would be the best for the children. And Shane agrees to a property division that heavily favors Mary, even though all of their assets were acquired through joint efforts during their marriage. Now, while Shane may feel like he's being accommodating and avoiding conflict, this people-pleasing behavior could have long-term consequences that are not in the best interest of Shane. The custody arrangement may not be the best thing for his children, and he knows this. And Shane may actually struggle financially due to the unfair division of assets. In this example, Shane's people-pleasing behavior was driven by a desire to keep Mary happy and to avoid confrontation. He doesn't want her to think he's being selfish or think that he doesn't love his children enough to sacrifice for them. He doesn't want Mary to be even more angry or displeased with him. It's easy to think that we can control how other people think and feel if we just please them. It's tricky because when we're people-pleasing, it seems like it's the nice thing to do to make other people happy with us. And Shane assumed that it was the nice thing to do to keep Mary happy and her family and to encourage them to have positive thoughts when they think of Shane. But he actually has no control over what Mary or her attorney or her family thinks or feels about him. He can do all the things that he thinks a good parent would do or a good ex-spouse would do, and they still may believe that he's a jerk and have negative thoughts about him. So can you see how Shane was trying to manipulate Mary and her attorney and even her family with his people-pleasing behaviors? When we try to control other people's feelings or experience towards us, instead of doing what we know and believe is best for ourselves, our people-pleasing tendencies actually turn us into lying manipulators. This is the risk of allowing people-pleasing tendencies to go way too far. Especially in divorce, it is best when both people prioritize their own well-being and their best interest of their children and avoid people-pleasing. Now, my goal in sharing all of this with you is to help you recognize people-pleasing behaviors in your life and to do the work on yourself to overcome them. But be kind to yourself. Have compassion with yourself. Remember, it's a normal, natural human tendency that we all have. And if you have gone a bit too far with your people-pleasing behaviors, you can do the work to overcome them. It is possible. You can do it. And I help my clients do this every day. The first step to overcoming these tendencies is awareness. If I have been describing you, then you are people-pleasing. Many people-pleasers are not even aware of what they're doing. They don't even know what they want or what their own needs are. They're just so disconnected with themselves that it's hard for them to put themselves first. This stems from their self-worth being tied to what they do for other people. They actually feel important when they do things for other people. They need the praise and attention to feel worthy. So it's actually important to think about and figure out what you really value. If you are a people pleaser, you will need to get to know yourself. Start by asking yourself, what do I really want? What do I really value? What are my needs? 
recognize that you should have your own desires and goals and dreams outside of the people that you care about and all the people in your life. Knowing who you are and what you value will help you learn to value yourself. You also will need to learn how to set healthy boundaries. Knowing when to say no and when to say yes is hard. You will know if the requests of others are reasonable when balanced with your own wants and needs. And you will learn that you are not responsible for other people's happiness or well-being or any of their feelings. And people in your life will learn to respect you and you will learn to respect yourself. So if you recognize people-pleasing tendencies in yourself, I want to challenge you to think about your own needs first. Examine your own intentions. Ask yourself, why do you want to help other people? And get really specific about specific situations. Why am I doing this for someone? Examine whether something triggers your helping or people-pleasing behavior. Wait for people to ask for help. And try asking other people for their help in your life and realize that you can be kind without being a doormat. I love what Brene Brown says in her book, Daring Greatly, about this. When we stop caring about what people think, we lose our capacity for connection. When we become defined by what people think, we lose our willingness to be vulnerable. If we dismiss all criticism, we lose out on important feedback. But if we subject ourselves to the hatefulness of others, our spirits get crushed. It's a tightrope and shame resilience is the balance bar. And the safety net below is the one or two people in our lives who can help us reality check the criticism and the cynicism. So we all need one or two people in our lives that we can trust to help us recognize what is really in our own best interest. And if you don't have someone, get yourself a coach. This is something that I love doing for my clients. If all of our experiences are for us and they happen to us for our learning and growth, it is important that we learn all that we can from the experiences in our lives. Going through a crisis like divorce has taught me so many things. And one of the most valuable lessons I've learned in my life is to take responsibility for my own choices as much as possible. It is so empowering. Now is the perfect time for you to evaluate your life, your previous marriage, and recognize what worked and what didn't. Keep all the good, but leave the bad. Take ownership for your part of that relationship and all the relationships that you've had in your life and learn everything that you can from them. Spend time thinking and praying and journaling about it and ask the Lord to help you learn all that you can from your experiences. If you find that you have people-pleasing tendencies, you can overcome them and become a better version of yourself going forward. You can do it. I promise you, this will be some of the most fulfilling and satisfying work in your life. You will begin to align your life with who you are and open your capacity to give love and serve in the ways that God created you to. You will learn to connect with yourself and with others and even with God in ways that you never realized were possible. You can tap into the real you, the person underneath all of the social conditioning and insecure thoughts and find the real you. 
you will start to enjoy your life on a whole new level and show up in the world in ways that feel authentic and in alignment with your eternal self and the person that God created you to be. And I would love to help you do this. So please reach out. If you don't have a coach, I would be so honored to be your coach. Go to ldsdivorce.com and set up your free consultation appointment with me. And let's talk about how you can become the person that God created you to be. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. Bye, y'all. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to ldsdivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.